everyone. Welcome to Your Life, Your Design podcast. My name is Sophie Koo, and I'm so grateful to have you accompany me today as we talk about some ways of life that work uniquely for you so that you can start living the life that you love by design and not by default. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Now, the topic that kept popping up in recent conversations was curiosity. Staying curious by adopting a spirit of open inquiry is not only a practice or being that we invite clients to explore. It also sits at the core of what we do and who we are as coaches. It is the foundation of our coaching presence. It enables us to hold and contain the climate of wondrous exploration and discovery safely in the present. Now, my previous assumption was that curiosity is a pleasant emotion, or at least associated with pleasant emotions. However, what I noticed, based on their experiences as well as my own, is that that hasn't always been the case. This was what sparked my curiosity for today's podcast. What exactly is curiosity? What does it mean to be curious? What is it that really drives our curiosity? And what are the strategies we can adopt to stay curious? So in today's episode, we will attempt to answer these questions by exploring the five different types of curiosity and four different archetypes of curious people. I have no special talent. I'm only passionately curious, declared Albert Einstein modestly. And it was this curiosity that led to some of the world's most crucial innovations for him and many other famous inventors. According to the typical dictionary definition, curiosity is simply a strong desire to learn or know something whether it's new knowledge or experiences. While this definition is a useful starting point, researchers, scientists, psychologists, and authors from different time periods and regions have conducted, and still conducting, numerous studies to show that curiosity is more than just information seeking. In fact, what these studies have shown is that curiosity is rather complex, and there are many different factors that keep us inquisitive. When we think of curiosity, we tend to associate it with positive or pleasant things like adventure, exploration, and learning. When we think of someone who's curious, we might think of a scientist, a researcher, or we might also think of a thrill-seeker who wants to cliff dive by jumping off a 20 to 60 meter high cliff without any equipment and straight into the waters, because she or he wants to know what that feels like. However, curiosity can also be associated with negative or unpleasant characteristics, such as nosiness and gossips, as well as emotional states like adversity and anxiety. I would say that I am personally a curious person in various aspects of my life. For example, I really enjoy learning about how people think, 
how they feel, how they work, what makes them tick in their day-to-day, in their social context, in their personal or work environments. I remember when I was working in the pharmaceutical industry, and several patients shared how much they preferred using the butterfly needle as opposed to a conventional one, in terms of pain and discomfort during the drawing of blood. In order to better understand what they were going through, I requested for a staff nurse to insert both into the back of my hand. I'm also a curious person when it comes to traveling and experiencing new things. What I noticed is that there are times that I would be in search of specific experiences. However, generally, I'm just open to immersing myself in different events, people, places, situations that will enhance my overall experience. I guess for me, anything that is either new or that I might not have been exposed to naturally becomes an opportunity for me to learn something new about life, about others, and about myself. Experiences tend to do that. They tend to change our views about how we see the world, how we see others, and how we see ourselves. Prior to the 20th century, even though curiosity was seen as a valuable trait to have, made evident by the famous inventors, scientists, researchers, engineers, and artists in their times, there wasn't a lot of research done in the area of curiosity, maybe due to its complexity. However, as we moved into the 21st century, with technological advancements and signs of declining curiosity in people, which we will talk about later, increasing research and studies have been carried out, especially in the last two decades. Research up to year 2009 proposed that there are three different types of curiosity, each impacting us in different ways. The first type of curiosity is about seeking out new knowledge and new experiences. The second type is about the willingness to embrace the uncertain and unpredictable nature of everyday life. And the third type is about being interested in the thoughts and feelings of others by putting ourselves in their shoes. In 2017, Todd Kashton, author and professor of psychology at George Mason University, and his colleagues went on to identify five distinct dimensions of curiosity and four types of curious people. The first dimension is joyous exploration, which is also known as the joy of discovery. This is the desire to seek out new knowledge and information and subsequent joy of learning and growing. This is a pleasurable state. Studies have shown that joyous exploration has the strongest link with the experience of intense positive emotions. The second dimension is deprivation sensitivity. This is an emotional curiosity driven more by tension and hard labor than by joy, such as solving abstract, difficult, or complex problems and striving to diminish gaps in knowledge. Some researchers call this the frustration of discovery. 
As this name suggests, this type of curiosity doesn't necessarily feel good. But people who experience it work relentlessly to solve problems. The third dimension, stress tolerance. This curiosity is about the willingness to embrace the doubt, confusion, anxiety, and other forms of distress that arise from exploring novelty experiences. People who lack this ability see the information gaps, experience the wonder, and are interested in others, but they are unlikely to step forward and explore. Studies have shown that stress tolerance is strongly related to satisfying the need to feel competent, autonomous, and that one belongs. The fourth dimension is social curiosity. This is the desire to know what other people are thinking and doing by observing, talking, or listening in to conversations. Human beings are inherently social animals, and the most effective and efficient way to determine whether someone is a friend or enemy is to gather information. People who find themselves going to the extent of snooping, eavesdropping, or gossiping belong to the sub-dimension of covert social curiosity. And lastly, we have the fifth dimension, thrill-seeking. This is the willingness to take physical, social, and financial risks to acquire varied, complex, and intense experiences. Now, this is your appetite for adventure. For people with this capacity, the anxiety of confronting novelty is something to be amplified, not reduced. Fulfilling the need to expose themselves to the sensations that are different from the routine. Next, let's look at the different archetypes of curious people, each with a unique combination of results from the above dimensions. Find out which one you most resonate with. Now, according to Kashden, your curiosity type is one of the following four. Type 1. The Fascinated This person scores high on all dimensions of curiosity, particularly joyous exploration. Now, if you thrive on the unpredictable, see life as an adventure, or have a variety of passions and interests, this description probably captures your day-to-day -day life very well. Type 2. The Problem Solver This person scores high on deprivation sensitivity and medium on other dimensions. Now, if you have fewer but deeper interests and love to learn while working relentlessly at problems you feel must be solved, it is likely you are a problem solver. Type 3. The Empathizer An empathizer is a people person. This person scores highest in social curiosity medium in joyous exploration and deprivation sensitivity, and lower in stress tolerance and thrills. Now, despite being socially perceptive, the empathizer prefers to observe what is going on around them instead of participating. Lastly, type 4, 
the avoider. An avoider scores low on all dimensions, particularly in the area of stress tolerance. Avoiders usually shy away from things they don't know or understand. Studies show that they feel stressed more often than the other groups. They avoid confrontations whenever possible, lack understanding of their emotions, and are less able to handle difficult situations. As a result, they sometimes have significantly fewer passions or interests than the other groups. If you've made it this far into the podcast, you're probably not an avoider, as you were curious enough to click and listen to find out more about curiosity. So did you figure out what archetype of curious person you are? If you haven't, head over to the URL which I've included in the show note to the actual assessment to find out your score on each of these different dimensions. And once you've identified your curiosity type, take a look at your day-to-day and see where you can consume more of what aligns with your natural affinities. Or maybe this is a time for you to start noticing and being aware of what drives your curiosity in a pleasurable way and what causes you the stress and anxiety that are unnecessary for you. And then discern what does and does not make you curious and incorporate that knowledge into designing the life you love to live. Be intentional in your area of focus when it comes to curiosity. Are you focusing on the uncertainty of not knowing something? Or are you focusing on the possibility of attaining a new knowledge? As we know by now, they each provoke a different emotion and thus produces different plans of actions. Every one of us human beings is born with this innate desire to understand the world around us. It is this remarkable ability to ask why that separates us from animals. Curiosity is considered an essential human being trait, as it has proven to be vital in our development as a species, because without it, we would not have invented anything new, and we would not have progressed. Now, because curiosity is such a basic component of our nature, we are often unaware of its pervasiveness in our lives, considering how much time we spend seeking and consuming information, whether it's watching the news, cable TV, movies or sports, listening to music, browsing the internet, reading books and magazines, or scrolling social media feeds. And therefore, Curiosity is not only vital in our development as a species, it is also one of the most important elements in our lives, dictating how we spend our time, relate to others, make decisions, and what we focus on. More recent studies have also shown that not only will being curious engender the qualities required for success, like grit, perseverance, and focus, higher levels of curiosity can also lead to greater mental fitness, well-being, and a fulfilled and rewarding life. Now, although we are born relentlessly curious, we don't always stay that way. If you've been around little children, 
you know they tend to ask a gazillion questions about everything. According to psychoanalyst John Bowlby, three-year-olds, on average, ask their parents about 100 questions a day, every day. However, by the time they are 11, they've pretty much stopped asking. Of even greater concern is that by the age of 25, only 2% can think outside the box. Curiosity seems to seldom survive childhood. As we get older, we tend to become less inquisitive about our world, losing our connection with wonder and curiosity as we struggle to manage increasing tasks and perspectives. Educators describe a phenomenon in which children between 8 to 10 years old show a declining interest in reading and studies in general. Author Ian Leslie also wrote in his book, Curious, that there has been a decline in curiosity in today's adults. So, is our biological age the culprit of our declining curiosity? Now, research involving MRIs has shown that our brains go into the beginning stages of cognitive decline as early as our mid-twenties. But what is surprising is that the research showed no decline in our ability to be curious and suggested that our curiosity remains intact and may sometimes even increase. While we might lose some elements of our ability to be surprised, our love of knowledge and willingness to learn new things appear to be constant across all ages. People at very old ages are still willing to learn things, to discover new things, and to read. So what caused our curiosity to decline, if not age? Here are some possibilities. Now, One big reason might be our academically demanding education system that tends to overwhelm students with tests and other assessments. And by the age of 8 to 10, there is a shift in emphasis from learning to read to reading to learn, from pure learning to achieving good grades. At the same time, the school system increasingly rewards standardization and adherence to rules rather than exploration, feeding into our tendency to conform as social animals as we grow older. Conformity crowds out curiosity and passion. Another possible reason is the accessibility, ease, and speed of available information. Now, due to technological advancements such as fast internet and smartphones, we literally have the world at our fingertips, feeding every aspect of our so-called curiosity instantaneously. Now, Ian Leslie argues in this book that true curiosity, the sustained quest for understanding that begets insight and innovation, is becoming increasingly difficult to harness in our wired world. That is because we confuse the ease of access to information with curiosity and risk losing our ability to ask questions that extend our knowledge gap rather than merely filling it.
He added that this decline in curiosity has led to a decline in empathy and our ability to care about those around us. Now, the way we respond or react to how the world around us works, in other words, going on autopilot, affects our curiosity to a large extent. For example, in a society that champions and rewards people to be experts, instead of fostering a culture of curiosity, we inevitably foster a culture of knowing, knowing all the answers instead. One of the biggest barriers to curiosity and consequently learning is the phrase, I know, which is similar to saying, there's little I can learn since I already know. We completely shut down curiosity in ourselves and those around us the moment we think we know the answers. Another way we operate on autopilot is choosing our image over curiosity. In this highly competitive society of today, where information is readily available, we are less willing to be vulnerable, as that might make us look incapable, incompetent, and small. Thus, we often choose to protect our image over all else. This makes curiosity very challenging. Choosing other priorities in life is another way we go on autopilot. As we grow older, we tend to prioritize living for our day-to-day over, say, learning new things. For example, getting a job, getting paid, getting married, starting a family, paying bills, and other commitments that define what a successful life looks like. And then the cycle goes on. Learning and exploring takes courage, as it involves getting out of that comfort zone that many have painfully built. Lastly, not knowing that curiosity is a mental muscle that requires regular exercising might be another possible reason to why we are losing curiosity. So, how can we shift our focus back on curiosity? How can we get off running our life on autopilot and start to consciously re-engage and cultivate this sense of wonder and curiosity, as well as the passion that accompanies it, back into and throughout our life? Well, it all starts with commitment and a little courage. The courage to take a risk. The smallest possible risk to start. And it starts with you. Here are some strategies and tips to start building your curiosity muscle. For starters, you can dive deeper into things that you are passionate about through books, music, documentaries, and even trips to different places. Matu, observe and notice your surroundings, others, your own thoughts, your senses, and your physical sensations. Observe everything from various spots and perspectives. Take time to be present in your environment, with yourself, 
or with others. Curiosity requires stillness, slowness, wonder, and study. Also, notice for any judgments. Number three, ask questions and notice the types of questions you ask, the number of questions you ask, and how many you answer. What is your intention behind asking the questions? Challenge yourself to either increasing your response time or ask two to three more questions each time before sharing your thoughts or responding. Take time to listen and understand in depth and check your own assumptions before responding. This allows you to explore outside your own thinking, solutions, beliefs, or ideas. Longer timeouts allows you to adjust your bearings and challenge any bias or assumptions you might have. Number four, maintain a sense of humor. Embrace fun and lightness. Don't take yourself too seriously. The point at which you take yourself too seriously is the very moment you lose wonder and curiosity. Number five. Now, Lyndon Staley's research found that exercise promotes curiosity, perhaps by improving a person's mood. Now, this mood-elevating effects of exercise are well established. Number six. Start building strong personal relationships. According to Cashton's, having strong personal relationships, which is like having secure attachments, allow people the freedom to be less inhibited and to explore. Number seven, try something new. When we intentionally change things, it causes us to be more conscious of what we're doing. It leads us to ask questions like, is this the best approach? It can be as simple as taking a different route to work or asking your direct report how they would solve a problem before offering up a solution. Change allows for the discovery of things you may have missed. Number eight, expand your sources. Make a habit of talking to others with different beliefs or perspectives. It helps to generate natural questions and expand your understanding of different perspectives and thoughts. Number nine, be a learner. Be curious about things you absolutely don't know about and even more about what you believe you already know. Number 10, get comfortable saying I don't know. Being in a state of not knowing can naturally stimulate curiosity and exploration. In summary, the most effective way to cultivate curiosity is to engage with new people, new places, and new points of view. Cashden believes that an aversion to the unfamiliar stifles curiosity. But novelty, even if it's uncomfortable or scary at first, acts like a curiosity fertilizer. He added that the more you interact with new experiences or information, the more you realize you don't know, which makes further exploration more attractive. At the same time, engaging with something new 
tends to drain off its power to cause anxiety. He quotes, The highest level of anxiety you feel is always during the anticipation of something new. Stick it out, and you see that the anxiety is manageable and can even be enjoyable. Now, I found that very comforting and encouraging. Stepping back into the world of curiosity might be daunting, but it not only frees us from beliefs that are holding us back, it empowers us to reframe situations, see new possibilities, and take new actions. It helps pave the way towards a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Now, keeping an open mind and always stay curious was the philosophy of the late Betty White. One of her famous quotes reads, Don't try to be young. Just open your mind. Stay interested in stuff. There are so many things I won't live long enough to find out about, but I'm still curious about them. Now, staying curious might just be the secret to a long, healthy, happy, and fulfilling life. And that is today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten some value from today's content, content that would empower you to design the life you love to live, one that piques your curiosity all the time. If you know of friends who might benefit from today's content, please do share this podcast with them. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to the Your Life, Your Design podcast. This way, you won't miss any of the future episodes, and it will also greatly help the visibility of this podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcast, I'll be very grateful if you could rate this podcast and leave a review. Also, please feel free to write to me, whether it's in a form of encouragement, feedback, content suggestion, or simply share your story with me, and it might become the content of future podcast episodes. This is Sophie Koo, and you have just listened to Your Life, Your Design podcast. Until the next episode, take care and stay safe. <music>